Hello, my name is Kate Kinchel, and you're listening to the Remarkableness Podcast, your weekly discussion with remarkable people doing remarkable things. Today, I'm excited to be with the one and only Simon Chan. Simon's known as the Napoleon Hill of network marketing and is a business coach, speaker, and online marketer who helps distributors find more prospects, recruit more reps, and create duplication. He has over 14 years of experience and built a million dollar business with over 80,000 distributors. Simon retired from building in 2013 to be a full-time trainer and founded MLM Nation. MLM Nation is a different type of network marketing training. It's not just one mentor. It's based on Simon's experience combined with research and conversations with over 500 top MLM leaders. On a personal note, Simon is a loving husband and father to three little boys. He's been my business coach and a mentor for the last four years and what I've learned from him has been absolutely invaluable. I know you're going to enjoy and learn a lot from listening to Simon today. So hi everybody, Um, I'm here with Simon Chan today. Uh, We've just come off the back of an incredible three-day weekend, uh, the MLM Mastermind, with an amazing group of people and uh, I'm very grateful to Simon because I think he's probably exhausted after after looking after us, coaching and mentoring us for three days. and uh, what I really wanted to ask to start with, Simon, with the way I've looked at you, I've known you for four years. You're, um, you've been extremely successful. You are, uh, you're somebody who has a daily routine. You teach it to others. Uh, you're somebody who I see is never asking anybody to do something that you haven't either learnt or done yourself. Um, you're disciplined, you're driven, and, and you have a vision um, for your future. Um, you're a wonderful father of three beautiful boys and a husband. Um, how, how do you see yourself? Well, first of all, Kate, thank you for inviting me on the show here. It's an honor to be on the Remarkable Nest show. Uh, and thank you for the kind words. You know, I was not always like this. I, was, I used to have a very negative uh, attitude and didn't had a very low self-esteem concept, uh, self-esteem, self-concept. You, you talked about that. You know, I grew up uh, in Brooklyn, New York, in a pretty, co- you know, mostly Caucasian neighborhood. At that time, there was some racism. And being an only Asian kid, and English was like my third language, uh, I had a lot of self-esteem issues. I mean, I got picked on. Uh, I spoke a little funny. You know, my voice sounds different from most people. And... You know, so I grew up with like, but I always had like a, a desire to do something. Even when I was studying history, I always saw myself like, you know, I like the military a lot. And I always saw myself, I want to be the general, right? And I think one of the cool things about living in today's world is like, if you really want, and especially living in a country like the U.S. or Australia, you know, we, in a democracy, um, if you really want to be successful, you could. Now, it may be a lot of work and a lot of effort, but you could. And I think the first step to success is visualizing yourself being that person you want to be. So even when I was a kid, you know, in the U.S., we studied American history like George Washington. I want to be the leader like George Washington on the horse, leading the troops, right? And I, I like the military of Warsaw. I want to be like Julius Caesar. I want to be this great Napoleon. And But I couldn't because I had a low self-esteem. But... I got involved in direct selling, and that really was uh, the best gift for me. Was it, it introduced me to personal development, and so I had these desires where I wanted to be quote unquote successful leader, but I just accepted living in what you know the average life because that's all I knew. But once I got into personal development, I realized it's all about how you see yourself, you visualize. So. So if you're listening, there's probably something you want to do. Maybe you want to be in better shape. Maybe you want to lose a couple pounds. Maybe you want to be a better father. Maybe you want to be a better entrepreneur. Whatever it is, 
there's probably one or two people you look up to, right? Whether in business, you can look up to the late Steve Jobs or like Elon Musk, or you, you know, maybe in your community, you're someone that you look up to as a spiritual leader, or you have a father, someone that's a great father, great parent. Whoever it is, there's someone you look up to. So the first step is visualizing yourself being that person. So why I do personal development? Because you know, I want, I see myself. I look at, you know, I've talked about being a father. I visualize myself being that father. And I say, what would that person do? Uh, I, you know, in terms of business, what would that person do? In terms of online marketing, what would that person do? And, you know, launching our company, people call me like uh, the Napoleon Hill of network marketing because I've talked to over, you know, kind of like the book Think and Grow Rich where Napoleon Hill talked to over 50 leading entrepreneurs. I've talked to over 500 people, top earners, trainers in the direct selling profession. And, so when I'm going out there and uh, to do that, to accomplish what I've done with the podcast, it required being a good networker. Now, I was very shy and quiet, but it started out with like, what would a top networker do? What would a top connector do? And just having that role model image every time think about when you don't feel like doing something, think, hey, what would that person do? And that person will go out and meet some people. Oh, that person will make a couple phone calls. And once you have the role model up, set up there, you're always learning, um, working on yourself. I think an incredible thing, we're all born with unlimited potential. Now, you may not believe it. I never thought I would be on a podcast or someone actually wanted me to speak on this show. <laughs> but like, we can do amazing things. And when you wake up, just be excited. We get to, you get to breathe. I mean, some people wish they had another day in their lives. We get to breathe, we get, get to live, we get to provide value. I mean, I respect what you do, Katie, you're saying like you're out there to give, give, give. We get to do that. There'll be one day, you know, we won't be able to do that, right? That's one thing we guarantee we're gonna die. We can't do that, we're too sick to do it, but we get to, and that's exciting. I and mean, that makes life and constantly working. And I think also, I know this is a long-winded answer about we can make an impact on people. And so my purpose-driven life is to have a positive impact as many lives as possible. And when we get to make an impact, work on yourself. You're not doing it for yourself, but you're doing it for the amount of good you can give out there. And I've seen you grow, Kate. Like, I mean, when we first met, you probably, no way, so I'm going to be too nervous to do a podcast, right? And, and now you're doing this because you've grown, and that's exciting. It's, I think personal growth, is, it goes back to this, like, when we were kids, we didn't know how to swim, and one day we could swim. Or we couldn't walk, we could walk. Like a baby, so happy. It's exciting. That's why you always work on yourself. Yeah. No, thank you. That's very powerful. And I think with your podcast, I mean, so many of the people you speak to, um, they're not just sharing about their businesses. They are sharing about their, you know, their principles, their, the way they live their lives as well. And I, I have friends who listen to the podcast who are not involved in MLM at all because they learn so much. Um, so the path that you took, um, I de were, your, were your parents supportive? And um, are, they, are they proud of you now for what you've done? I think every parent is proud. Uh, they were, I would not say, they were supportive, but they were worried. They didn't necessarily believe in the path I took in terms of you know, going to direct selling. Um, this first part-time, then full-time. And when it went full-time, they were really worried. But, you know, you just got to live your life, right? It goes back to, you know, when we we're young, we we're like, we we're all rebels. You know, you, you know, you want, we want, oh, I want to get out of my parents' shadow. I want to live my life, my life, right? And... We get to do that. We get to live your life. But then sometimes we go back in the show, like, I want to get my parents' approval. I want to get my friends' approval. This is your life. This is not your parents' life. It's not your, your friend's life. This is your life. You get to live whatever life you want. So once you have that vision, purpose, something you want to do, 
Don't phone that fear of criticism. Know that you get to live only you have only one life, so live it the way you want it, and don't worry about worry about what people are saying. Yeah. Great. Um, and I know the way you structure your day, you make you make absolutely certain you spend as much time with your three boys as you possibly can. So you're very much a you know a, a daddy who's around, um, even though you do a bit of travelling. But when you're there, you're really there, uh, and obviously you're teaching them. Um, what you've learned over the years uh, as well. What is your wish for them? Uh, that is a great question. What's my wish for them? Well, being a person of faith, right, uh, my number one wish, and I pray this every morning, is that they'll be saved and they'll live long, healthy life to bring glory to God. That's my, and everything else is not that important. And I think uh, knowing that and praying that is important because I'm a very, Type A driven person. I say, I love my kids to be entrepreneurs. I love my kids to be Excel, but maybe they don't. Maybe they don't want to. Uh, end of the day, your val- it goes back to your values. Um, if they can love God, they're, they're saved. They love God and bring glory to Him. So they could be just a teacher earning twenty five thousand, but they love God. You know, it's serving the community, help others. That is the most important thing. And it's not about the money and things because we, when we die, who cares about the money anyway? But that's, that's actually my first thing I pray. I thank God for my three boys and pray that they'll be saved and they could long, live long, healthy lives and bring glory to them. And I'd love it if you talk a little bit more about your faith. Is that, have you always had a very strong faith or is that something that's relatively recent? Um, um, I'm very interesting in, in background where uh, I, I grew up agnostic. My dad was Catholic. My mom was agnostic. They didn't re- I'd never grew up in religion. Uh, but I always wanted to believe in God. I actually, to keep a long story short, I watched Moses and the Ten, Ten Commandments. Like, God is so cool. He can open the r- water. And and I would just pray. And even when I was a kid, I didn't know why I was praying. I would be scared of a uh, mon's, boogie monster coming out. Pray to God, you know, I want to go down to the basement. Please protect me, you know. Or if I like the girl, please. I hope that girl likes me too. Or I'll do one on this exam. I'll pass. That seemed to like, you know, trivial prayers, very superficial prayers. But I always believed in something. And when a friend, at when I was 17, uh, shared with me, witnessed to me, I immediately accepted. Like, I read the Bible, and I immediately accepted. And I thought it was so easy. I was, yeah, you believe in this. So my friend gave me, um, told me to read Mark. And then the next day, asked me, did I get a chance to read it? It's like follow-up. I guess he was expecting me to read one or two pages. And he's like, yeah, did you read it? I said, like, yeah. How much did you re- uh, How much did you get through? I said, I read the whole book of Mark. He's like, really? <clears throat> and I was like, for me, it's like I felt the whole whole life I wanted to know who Jesus was and what all the thing what Christmas meant I never knew it no one explained to me finally I found out I wanted to know so I accepted Christ and I thought it was easy but like you know spiritual journeys up and downs up and downs Uh, I've been a sinner just like everyone else I made you know decisions that are not the best decisions and I think during those decisions God spoke to me and I think when you get older you realize that uh, money comes and goes and you know the importance of putting God first because if you don't uh, he can take everything away in a second. Yeah, absolutely. And um, is it exhausting always being one step ahead of everybody else? Particularly when I'm when I say everybody else, I mean the people you are coaching and mentoring. Um, you know, on a daily basis, do you find do you find you just do get exhausted and sometimes just want to walk away from it all? Yeah, we are, we're human. So the answer is yes. We all feel like burnt out sometimes or like things are not working well. And, you know, just recently, just a very, I mean, I don't want to go into details. Very recently, as of maybe like an hour ago, something hit me. I was kind of thinking negative again. But 
because uh, things didn't happen the way I wanted to. There's a couple of negative thoughts. So we're all human. So the thing that actually uh, motivates you is number your vision, but really, you know, there's a uh, advice that where you're going to be five years from now is determined by the people you spend time with, the books and audios you listen to, your personal development, like you're listening to this podcast, and the places you travel. That makes a huge impact. We are always the product of our environment. And that's why I have accountability partners. I have a coach, business coach. I have someone that coaches me spiritually as well. Because without them, we're very easy to get down and negative ourselves. We, we, are, big, we, we are our biggest critic. Um, we're also the laziest person at times. We need our motivation. So everyone out there, you should have some type of coach, someone that is out there pushing you. So for me, I think that's what keeps me going. And during that, you know, your circle of friends too. So you have a coach and also accountability friends that you see what they're doing. And we're, a lot of times we're just venting partners. We just vent and share. We, when things are good, we're excited, we share. When things are bad, we vent. And that's really important. And we motivate each other. Because if you're just alone by an island, it's going to be tough. So it, it, does, it doesn't just apply to business. It could be if you wanted to quit smoking, right? Uh, if you're with a group of people who don't smoke, you probably will. At the same time, if you don't drink, but you spend time every day with five alcoholics, I guarantee you 30s from now, you'll be an alcoholic. So it's the surrounding. So be plugged into people that actually motivate you and pull you ahead, not that drag you down. And you are very careful of your thoughts. You're somebody who is very aware of your thoughts, and I know that's something that you work on all the time. Is there anything in particular that really makes you angry in the world? <laughs> makes you angry. I thought you were going to ask me on meditation because I knew you liked meditation and it's a setup. And then your first show, with, uh, you talked about uh, meditation too. Yeah, tons of things make me angry. If I say no, then I'm not human, right? Um, but it's catching yourself being angry. I think being the difference between success and making it unsuccessful is like when something happens to you, take a pause and think rationally, not emotionally, rationally, before you react. Right? I think you see this, being a father has taught me that a lot, because like my oldest son, he tends to um, get angry a lot and then react. And you realize if he took a split second, it'd be really silly, the stuff he's getting angry at, because from a third person perspective. But think about that, how we are as humans. It was God was looking at us or some other, your mentor was looking at us. We probably get angry a lot of stupid little silly things. And if we took a deep breath, just like my kids would do, they'd be better off. So there's lots of things that uh, would, I won't say get angry, but annoy me or bother me. But, you know, a lot of news things. But I just do my best not, I don't watch the TV, I don't watch the news. So that it helps a lot. Um, but being in meditating, we're leading to that. Being aware of your thoughts. Every time you're negative, just say, hey, snap out of it. I don't think we can prevent ourselves from thinking negative, but how quickly you can realize you're thinking negative and stop thinking that. That is a big part of it. That, that, if you can do that, you have a negative thought and catch yourself. The quicker you can catch yourself, that's a win. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd love to also to talk a little bit more about meditation. That's obviously something you do every day. Um, and I think you do it twice a day. Do you often? Uh, you know, I always say meditation, and we're not talking about meditating to some, uh, you know, it could be spiritual meditation, whatever. We're just talking about meditating, mindfulness, sitting there being aware of your breathing, right? Um, so right before this uh, recording, I actually meditate for five minutes. So when you're coming down and say, like, well, I was going to my room just to meditate for five minutes. But meditation allows you to kind of reset your day. I was kind of like a little drained. You know, our session ended at 3. I was here till like 4.30. Um, yeah, 4.20. I said, all right, I just need to go up, meditate for five minutes, clear, you know, 
and just reset. I feel more energized already. So I meditate in the morning for five minutes, and if I'm at home in the afternoon, I always basically, uh, during when I'm tired, a little mer- mentally burnt out, take 21 minutes to meditate. And I found that the more you don't have time to meditate, the more you need to meditate, you get the benefits. Um, meditation is just focus on your breathing. Uh, I know you mentioned Insight Timer in your previous show, uh, but if you meditate, for those who don't, you know, never done it, it's not you know, being divine or, or, you know, being clear of your thoughts, you can't really clear your mind. So a lot of people do meditation, they get frustrated because, oh, I'm thinking about all these things, I can't clear my mind. Well, hello, that's, you're right, you're human, you can't clear your mind. But the wind is catching yourself and bringing it back to the breath. So even if you meditate for, just say one minute and for 58 seconds, you're, you're supposed to think about your breathing. And you're thinking about all these things. You're thinking about what's for dinner, what's going to happen when the kids come home, who's going to give them a bath, when they're going to sleep, but your emails you got to do. And then all of a sudden, the last two seconds, like, oh, crap, I need to go think back my breathing. You bring it back. That is a win. The fact that you can bring it back is a win. And when you first start it, you may, take, you, you may drift for 40, 50 seconds, and you finally catch yourself. But as you do it more, you can catch yourself more and more and more quicker. So in one minute, you may drift, but you can catch yourself not just at the 58th second. You may catch yourself three times. So you get better. And this helps you during normal life where something happens to you. Someone cuts you off in a car. Instead of reacting, then you are you know, you're, you're aware of your emotions and act appropriately. So... I was just sharing this with my Justin, our friend Justin. Like people go to yoga, they do yoga for 90 minutes and feel so great, feel so zen. And then they go, and then afterwards, they, you know, on the way back home from the gym, they go in the car and someone cuts them off. They're like, they're about F you, I stick a middle finger. Like, what happened to the yoga? What happened to the meditation? Awareness, yeah. right? There's no way, awareness. Like talking about meditation or yoga is really meditating 24 7, always being aware of your thoughts. I think when you start off just sitting there one minute and then extend it to all parts of your life. Thank you. And you mentioned earlier not watching television. Uh, and I know, um, I mean, there are, there are so many negative people and influences in the world, and television being one of them. Um, what would you say to those people who say it's important to keep up to date with the news and what's going on, and that, that if they don't listen to it, they haven't got, you know, things to talk about, and they don't, you know, they don't know what's happening in the world? Well, I think unless you're in the finance industry where the markets rely on what's happening around the world, you really don't need to know what's going on, right? Uh, all the stuff that's happening in the news, I mean, I don't know what's happening in the news. I know maybe, I mean, I do, on a disclaimer, I do read Wall Street Journal every day, but I look at the headlines. I don't, I'm really looking for business. I don't need to know the details. So a lot of things that upset me, like bombings or whatever, I, don't, I just know something happened. I don't need to know the details or shooting. I don't need to know the details because that brings you down. Um, all the stuff that's out in the media, you know, you, know, you have to understand the media makes money off of us, right? It was a great basketball player, and he was just sick of telling reporters, talking to reporters, because he's like, you're just out there. You don't give a crap about me, because when he got older, he's just like, all the stuff you're, you're just out there to sell newspapers. Or you try to be my friend. You write stuff. You know, I try to be nice to you, but you're just selling. You come up with stuff just to sell newspapers, and it's really true, right? They're out there getting eyeballs. I mean, if a plane crashes, does it really matter? Does it really affect my life at all, right? And if it's really life-threatening, I would hear from my love. I would hear from my wife. I don't need to. My wife would tell me quick before the news station tells me, right? So most of the stuff out there, ninety-nine point nine percent, you don't need to know. It's totally irrelevant. Okay, thank you. I think that's really helpful. So changing tack a little bit, what makes you laugh? What do you do for fun? So you're asking what I'd like to do for fun? Um. 
Well, lately I've been really into uh, baseball with my oldest son because when I was a kid, it really brings my memories. And it just happens he really likes it too, so I think it'd be really cool. I find see myself reliving my youth, so teaching him and... Uh, I mean, I like coaching. That's what I do. So coaching them baseball, teaching them the power of visualization, using the mind, things that have helped me, things like just teach people in business, applying it, and seeing how quickly he's improving, that's been really rewarding. Um, so it's, for me, that's like a, that's something, you know, we play baseball every day, like, you know, 20, 30 minutes in the backyard uh, during the daytime. That's been really rewarding. Um, other things I like to do for fun, I like to read. I'm actually a pretty boring person. Uh, I love sports, fitness. Uh, I don't really follow much sports, but just getting in shape, um, just working out. Working out makes me feel good. Reading and learning. And then just doing what I do, like business coaching, just having an impact on people. And making a, you know, I think here's an exciting thing, right, about being an entrepreneur is we get to create something out of nothing. So you, it's like, there was nothing out there. You had an idea, Kate, and you came up with the remarkable Winness podcast. There's nothing. It's just, and then now we are on, with technology, we're on iTunes, we're recording. It's pretty cool, right? Just like we created ML Nation. It was an idea. I want to create a training company. I wanted something out of nothing. It was nothing. And then one day we had an idea, we act on it. It's, it's very cool. Like, so then we can make an impact. We're going to legacy. I mean, show your kids looking, wow, my mom has a podcast. It's just an idea. And, then, and we live in a world with so many opportunities. It's very, very exciting. Um, you shared with um, the Mastermind Group um, that you make a movie um, and that you look at it every day, and I think that's something that would be helpful for anybody uh, who's listening, uh, not just even you know not people who've just got a business, but just so that they can start creating a vision for themselves. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that? So the movie is basically a uh, visualizations. Like we always visualize. Now some people, some people may say, "Oh, visualizations that's hocus pocus, unbelievable." But I'm telling you, visualizing it. Right, you visualize. If I ask you, who, how do you describe yourself? The way you describe yourself is how you visualize yourself. So, if you're listening to this, you say, "I'm, uh, you know, I'm not someone into exercise," but that's what you visualize. If I you close your eyes, you visualize yourself as that, right? Or I'm a really good father. I'm a really good mother. That's what you visualize. So we're always constantly visualizing, right? So, like some of you may be awesome at math in school, some of you are great in science, or maybe you're terrible in math. That's what you visualize. When you go into the math class, you're probably, oh, I'm not good in math, this is gonna be a tough year. You're visualizing that already. We all are visualizing. Um, almost everyone here listening, you've ordered a pizza late at night, right? You didn't order that pizza because you wrote an affirmation, but you visualize, well, when that pizza comes in and I'm hungry and you smell that cheese and the it's steaming hot, and the first bite in that crust with the sauce is so good. You visualize that, and next thing you know, you are calling, ordering that pizza. So we always act according to visualize. If you're listening to this podcast, you visualize listening to check this out. That's when you hit the play button. You always act according to your visualize. So it's really important to always work on the future you. Right, because uh, when you think of the future of who you're gonna be, that's exciting. Create that vision. But when you, most of us we think in the past, when you think of past, mostly all the time is negative. Because, uh, like for example, I used to be younger, I used to be more fit, I used to be skinnier, I used to have more energy, or I used to be have a better memory, or whatever. It's always I had more freedom, I didn't have financial issues, the life was simple. It's always negative. 
And if you're negative and you always attract, you end up being, first of all, you're just not going to be happy. So watch playing a movie of my goals, of things that make me happy, where I will be 30 years from now. That just gets me excited. And all people who are making, all leaders in the world, they have a vision. They, before they actually accomplish it, it's in their mind already. It's like before the Olympic athlete wins that race, he sees him, he or she sees himself winning already. And that's the power of it. And that's one of my most important routines. Every morning I play that movie because I get down too. It tastes like, oh, can I do this? And go play that movie. Okay, Simon, what are going to people say at your funeral? What are you going to say at your eulogy? Who is, what type of father will you be? What type of entrepreneur? How did you use your time? And that just motivates me. And, and, and you, you start, the more you visualize, you start being that person. Well, and on that note then, what would you like people to say at your funeral? I was God-loving, God-fearing. I made an impact in this world, and um, I was a good father, and I created a legacy, an example for my boys to follow. And my boys uh, will actually end, all end up being greater than a father. Wonderful. And who do you look up to? No, did someone give you these uh, list of questions? Because they asked me these questions last night. <laughs> no, but I'm just kidding. Um, you know what? That's not an easy question. Easy question. I'm going to shock you with these answers. All right. Who would I look up to? Um, it's really hard to say anyone because there's no one really perfect. And so the people I look up to are probably, a lot of the, I always say the people that a lot of people look up to, I don't look up to because of my values, what you believe in. So, even though I'm an entrepreneur, um, I take pride in not being married. And marriage, if anyone you know, is not easy. Um, doing marriage, in the happily married, is really, really difficult. Especially when you look at the divorce rates, like 50, 60, whatever, 50, 60%. So obviously it's very, very difficult. And being an entrepreneur and being married is even more difficult. So there's a lot of people like you say, oh, yeah, I'll look up to Elon Musk, or like, he's a great entrepreneur. But to me, I don't look up to him because he's been divorced. He'd have no time for his kids. Now, that's not to say he's not a great person. He's done amazing things, but not someone I look up to because my values is marriage, and he's not, he's not there, right? Or even someone like uh, Richard Branson. He's been divorced. So to me, he couldn't figure out the marriage thing. Or maybe, I mean, even though it wasn't his fault, whatever it is, he didn't make it work out, so I don't look up to him. So, or Tony Robbins has been uh, divorced, right? So marriage is really important to me. And I think it's very easy in this world because we, 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 can, we all look at success as money, fame, but it's way more to life than that. So the people I look up to is very, very different. Um, I, I mean, I'm not to offend people like Elon Musk or Tony Robbins or uh, Richard Branson. I mean, they've done amazing things in the business world, but not someone I look up to because marriage is really important. There, now, there's people I look up to in different aspects of their life, but not one for everything. Uh, so it's hard to answer that question, but one person off the top of my mind, that I kind of really respect is like Brian Houston, who founded Hillsong Church. I think the fact that because he's doing something for God, and but more importantly, like if you know his story, uh, like his father uh, was a pastor, and his father uh, was convicted of uh, molesting children, right? It's the early 2000s. And so think about this: you are launching a Christian church where in the country, you know, Australia, where religion is not that popular, and you're focusing on that. You have the biggest church now, and all of a sudden, your father gets, you know, it's everywhere in the newspapers. And he was talked about like he didn't even want to pick up the phone because every day there's a newspaper reporter calling that. But he could still stay mentally tough 
and just taking the spiritual out of it. You can say God helped him, but even if you don't believe in God, but the fact that he can still stay strong and expand the brand, expand to other churches, in the midst of that crisis, that is really incredible. You know, that's something I uh, I really aspire and look up to. Thank you. And uh, looking at you now, because you're really fit, and uh, and you make you know you make great efforts to do that. It's difficult to imagine you um, at 60 or 70 years old. But what would you like your life to be looking like at that stage? Will you be slowing down? Do you think? No, I would never be slowing down. It's gone to the next purpose, the next passion. Uh, with ML Nation, we have a plan in the next you know two to five years where it's going to be and other things uh, I want to do. One of my ultimate callings, I feel like I'm a very good speaker and motivator, uh, is to share my faith in front of 100,000 people to motivate and inspire them. Um, some things that serve to, you know, for God's kingdom, that's actually my ultimate calling. Um, but yeah, you never slow down. Like, I'm not the person that... And I think when I was young, I thought, if I want to achieve a success, I'm going to slow down and do... That's totally not... That's not me. That's not... You have to understand that's not me. Even if I don't work, I'll maybe be hardcore really into my kids' sports games, sports matches. I'll be in the ministry, 100 hardcore. I'll be doing an educational system. You know, I'll never just lay low and relax. People say, oh, it's time for you to relax. I'll relax when I'm in my coffin. I'm never going to relax. I'll be go, 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 go. Because... I think it's exciting. Like relaxing is boring. I maybe I relax for one or two days, but you tell me, oh, I think if you send me to a nice tropical island, five star resort, for, and you put there for me for a week, after the end of the week, I'll be pretty bored. I want to come back um, because we get to do. It's not like I have. We get to make an impact. We get to do things. We get to record a podcast. We get to help people. And how cool is that? Awesome. I'm you know so grateful to you. I mean, you have made such a difference to the way, um, really to, to my attitude, the way I look at life. I, I, you say that um, success is 95% mindset. Um, and I think that's something that's, you know, a lot of people struggle with. So, um, and watching your journey as well and watching your growth has been fascinating too. So I'm so grateful to you. You're flying off back to, back home tomorrow. You must be really excited to see the, your family again. And if people want to, I mean, MLM Nation is obviously a great spot to seek you out, but where else can they find you? Um, yeah, the easiest way to just go to mlmnation.net or you're on Facebook, search for Simon Chan. Like, yo, Simon Chan or mlmnation.net. And um, if you hear this, reach out to me. Drop me a message and I'd love to connect with you. Thanks so much, Simon. You're making a huge difference to so many people. I'm really grateful to you for taking the time out today. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining me on the Remarkableness podcast today with Simon Chan. If you'd like to get in touch with Simon or find out more about his podcast, go to mlmnation.net or search for Simon Chan on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed today's podcast and found the content valuable and you think others might find it valuable too, then please do share and comment. And of course, I always value your feedback. Very much look forward to seeing you next week. 